0: It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. James in Austin, Joe in San Antonio. Um, We just uh, both of us returned from the Armadillo Classic up in North Texas. Um, It seems like it was yesterday, but how are you doing, Joe? I'm good. Have you recovered? You played a little
1: bit later. I, I got to go home on Saturday.
0: No, we got well. We, it, you know, it pays to win, as they say. So we won on Sunday morning, and that got that gave us the two ten. Although they were behind schedule, have to be honest about that. Two ten game on Sunday, um, and then we did not play very well. Did not play very well, and that I don't know if you've ever heard this kind of thing before, Joe, um, but. I actually don't like losing way more than I do like winning. You ever heard that before? I don't know yeah. if I, you share that attitude, but it was. Uh... I get it, but you did get six out of sixteen teams. so oh. it's not horrible. Now we were. It was a two and two weekend. Um, I have a bunch of new kids, so obviously it's a it, it's a mixed bag. And but I'm, I'm you know I, it's I'm pleased with the weekend, except that when you leave on a game where you just did not play very well. And I don't care that we lost. I just, it's just, we did not play well. Then that's what lingers. I have to say, but yes, a sixth grade, a sixth place finish is a very satisfactory one. How about you? No, it was great. I mean, you did better uh, than that.
1: We we weren't quite sure if we were gonna have enough kids that that you had to go, but overall I thought the tournament did well. So a shout out to Donzie Lilly, who we will have on a interview at the end of this podcast. Segway. Yeah. And, um, um, I thought they did a great job with the hosing. Yes, it was behind a little bit, but that's just, you know, it's a little like ever since COVID people just move a little slower. I think it is you know, something we used like to be that. able to do. We used to be able to do the six minutes on the 50 minute time frame. Yeah. Um doesn't really work out very well anymore, but uh, you know, it's neither here nor there, but the Alamo group, they went three and one, they lost their first game by a goal. So they were in the bottom eight and then they won the rest of their game. So um, I thought again, you know, it's, you know, considering that, you know, we weren't quite sure if we were gonna be having enough to go. I thought the kids did great. A little shout out to Stephen Dean, who who was the Alma area coach all week. I was gonna
0: say new coach. And
1: and I and I thought he did a great job. But um yeah, yeah. But overall, I mean it's it's just good to have those kids playing. It's good to have eighth grade and yeah, in the sixth grade and even younger kids playing in this is the first of, of the three tournaments that are going on this fall. You know, you got the Almo Classic that's gonna happen in here in San Antonio on October eighth and 9th. Hmm. Um, and then you got tags, at, um, in November, right gonna, that's going, going back up to North Texas. It's going to be in Garland. Um, and that's obviously the state championship for the eighth grade, sixth grade and fourth grade and under group.
0: MJ and I are already talking about, you know, plans for the fall. And it's like October is two weeks away. It's unbelievable. Um, Alamo. Well, you have some breaking news if I have things correct. So we have the Alamo uh, fall classic, which is coming up here in just a few weeks, but then something else that you're inserting onto the calendar as well.
1: I don't think breaking news is it. It's just you I've don't? got the information out to everybody. I see. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna also so the Almo Classic for the younger kids is happening October eighth and 9th at the Almo Heights Auditorium. We're also gonna have an Almo Classic for the eighteen and sixteen and under kids, which you can have November fifth and sixth, which is the weekend after high school state tournament. So, you know, we, we wanted to have an like like an event for those kids to play. Um, you know, for a club, um, a a lot of kids are going to be done here in, uh, like in late September or early October. So, you know, we, we want them to be able to play. Um, because right now the next, um, tournament for the older kids on the calendar is not till December. So we decided to do something in November.
0: I, I hesitate to suck up to you on the podcast, but holy God, that is that a good idea. That is really, that's and it helps me immensely. So thank you for putting that on the calendar. And I
1: did, I mean, don't, yeah, please don't think I'm just trying to have all the tournaments in San Antonio, but I did oh, ask around <laughs> and other people if they wanted to host something that weekend. And finally, um, nobody really wanted to step up and host. So um, I, um, we decided to do it ourselves. Awesome.
0: Here, so. 18U, 16U only, that's right? Because w- of the eighteen u sixteen u only correct. got it and boys girls etc okay um, man oh man that's really good I'm gonna let my team know like literally after we get done with this because that, that, that I have I have very eager high school athletes they want to play you know and so now's the time to let them know that we don't have to wait until December there's something sooner so that's really really good um, okay Austin College they host four games this weekend this is the biggest. Um, well, it's it's not a tournament, but it's more games than I think they've ever hosted in their home pool uh, consecutively. They are playing Penn State Barron, Connecticut College, Augustana, the n- other newer program in Washington and Jefferson, On uh, one on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, and uh, I just texted Mark. Lawrence to see if they're streaming so far, there's no indication that they are, but I hope they are because I can't get up there. I don't know about you, but it is an exciting weekend for this young program.
1: Yeah, the games um they're they're playing Penn State Baron on, on Friday at 6 pm. They're playing Connecticut College on Saturday at 9 a.m. They're playing Augustana. At 2:30 p.m. on Saturday, and then on Sunday they're playing Washington Jeff at 12 p.m. So, if you're in the North Texas area and you are interested in watching some college water polo, I know there's not as much high school water polo going on this weekend, especially on Saturday, um, because of the Tiska Clinic in, yeah, like kind of in, in, in Austin. Yep. You know, kind of you know, get up there and support them. I, and I and, and I am fully confident that you know mark and the kids are going to have plenty of people plenty of austin college people there um i can i can envision a pet band being there i mean yes. it's it's going to be a fun environment for all for all four of those games and um go up there and kind of cheer on the um the, the like the lone NCAA team f- from texas i think they're and, and i think they're gonna have a good showing so um and it's in and if you haven't been there um i mean is the pool perfect no but the atmosphere is awesome. Yeah. And it's like it gets loud. It gets loud in there for their home games.
0: I was going to so. say, like that, you know, of course, go up to support the program and so on. And um, But it, it is going to be an experience, too, because I know that in the past when they've had just one-off games, that it has been very raucous. And I can imagine that for four games over this coming weekend, it's going to be way louder. And those, you know, those small, um, you know, interior pools... They resonate, man. It just—it is really loud. Um, and slight breaking news. He just texted me to say that there is—that uh, that will be streamed. I don't see the link for it. That's fine. We'll share it if we get it. But um, Coach Lawrence is saying that these will be streamed. But I would—if you're in the area, you should just go check it out. Just from an atmospheric perspective.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, if you need us to go see the schedule, just go to Austin College, uh, like athletics website and click on men's water polo.
0: acroos.com I actually, that's a, a URL that I can remember. I, AustinCollegeRoos.com. There's nobody who's a kangaroo. So it's like the coolest logo in all of uh, college water polo. Um, a golf tournament is coming up in the state of Texas that has relevance to water polo, Joe.
1: USA Water Polo is having their first ever Texas golf outing. So they've always had a Southern California one and and, and then they added a Northern California one. They've done that for a few years um and Everything. for many years actually. And um and now, you know, we've we've added on the calendar. It's been out there. I know everybody out there that's a USA Water Polo member's been getting some emails about them, but there is a Texas golf outing. It's going to be on Monday, October 10th in North Texas at the Cowboys Golf Club, which is a great golf club up there. And uh, yeah, we want to make this the best golf outing that we can, that USA waterfalls has ever put on. And there's still some title sponsors kind of available. There's um, there's obviously some room for some more golfers out there. So just please, um, please, please get online and please get out there and, uh, and sign up and support. So, we we don't want this to be the last golf outing in Texas.
0: Oh please, you everything's moving to Texas, Joe. We already know this. Um, yeah, but we need to make sure. So
1: there's certain things that we need to do. So get out there and support, please. The proceeds are like kind of go to the U.S. men's and women's national teams, and there will be some national team athletes out there. Um, it's we're treating this just like the Southern California or Northern
0: California golf outing. Yeah, so. but in, uh, with barbecue. Um, here, Joe, do you play golf?
1: I do play golf poorly.
0: Yeah. Oh, poorly. Yeah. I mean, that's a given, not for you necessarily. I, I used to play golf back in the day and I was never any good. And I, in fact, switched, um, uh, hands. Like I became a lefty cause I, it was always uncomfortable for me playing right-handed. And then when I switched to left-handed clubs, I started hitting the ball a lot farther. So there go.
1: I just like hitting the ball far. So I go to top golf now.
0: Yeah, well, we did that a couple of years ago, and it was pretty fun. I actually remember, like, because I brought my clubs, and I actually was hitting short game pretty decently. I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't know you could actually hit the ball." It's like, yeah, I used to play back in business school. It's one of those things. Um, I will not be going to that tournament, but good luck to everybody who will. And uh, obviously, it's a b- big fundraiser. And uh, well, you know, the Olympics are not that far off, man. It's a, it's and
1: again, that is on Monday, October 10th. That is Columbus Day. So I, I think a lot of schools have off. Um, it's the it's the Monday after the tournament down here in San Antonio. So hopefully some people can travel on up there and then take part. Um, I'm going to be doing the tournament. Then I'm going to travel kind of kind of after the tournament's going. But yeah, just the more the merrier out there. Even if you can't attend, kind of maybe have a sponsorship. That'd be great. So
0: and the, well, and also it's not going to be you know 102 degrees. So that makes a big difference. Um,
1: and, I, again, the Cowboys Golf Club is, a, is, a, is an incredible golf club, especially for all you Cowboys fans. But yeah. I'm an oh, anti-Cowboys fan, but don't tell anybody.
0: Yeah, that I, I will we, that'll be between you and me. Um, all right. High school water polo, we got some rankings. It goes like this, uh, the top. Uh, thank you to the coaches for voting. Thank you very much. Uh, it is enormously helpful. We'll send out another email again on Monday to remind you to vote. These are the responses. Uh, it goes like this on the girls' side. Foster, Carroll, Side Creek, Flower Mound, and Bridgeland. Um, and on the boys' side, and I saw Chris Cullen this weekend at the tournament, and he showed me a, a photo of his uh, team's win over St. Mark's. He was very proud of that and rightfully so. And for that, and for many other games, they are ranked number one. Highland Park, Brazoswood, Straight Jesuit, Marcus and Dawson. Those are the top five on the boys teams. Um, and I know you and I talked about this before, but there's some other teams that come to mind, uh, to, at least to you, that you know, could receive votes but um, did, just didn't break into the top five. I mean, I, I think
1: there's uh, – like, like, Brandeis was ranked the last couple of weeks from yep. San Antonio, and yep. they dropped out, which is fine. I mean, teams are going to come and go in the rankings. Undefeited I think though. The, yeah, and then the Marcus girls and the Hebron girls from <laughs> – yeah, kind of from North Texas. Um, you know, there's lots of good teams, and and there might be a little kind of a Cinderella story here or there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's and that's to be the fun part about the playoffs coming up. Yeah. It's, it's not like a double elimination thing. It's win, advance. Yep. Lose, you go home. Yep. And you have to win seven games, unless you have a bye. You have to win seven games to win the state championship. I love it. Absolutely. And it's going to be, I'm really looking forward to the atmosphere, like on a Tuesday night on a playoff game, kind of win and go home. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be a lot different than like let, then, let's say, the two o'clock of a Saturday tournament game, right? right? So that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I already think that there's some very good atmospheres going on out there on like the Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday night games that are going on. But you know, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, kids are gonna be sad after they lose and they're and they're knocked out. But you know, I'm be happy for the kids that had a successful season. I'll be happy for, for the kids that are keep playing. But, like, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I mean, I don't coach high school. I don't ref high school, but um, it's one of those things where I'm thoroughly enjoying watching. So
0: I'm going to go watch games tomorrow, actually. I'm referring to two games uh, in Buta. So that's all good. Yeah. Um, shoot i had a question now i forgot it but we'll just move on to players of the week um travis leon from side creek is the boys player of the week and grace goldhammer speaking of brandeis is the girls player of the week congratulations to both of yeah them.
1: congratulations to both of them it's nice to have a little representation from yeah yeah from houston and san antonio for yeah. the players of the week um And yeah, just congrats. And the more the merrier as far as the coaches, please keep uh, voting, please, and please keep, Doing the submissions, so congratulations to, to both Travis and Grace.
0: Players of the Week nominations are open to anyone, so the link is on the website. You can find it there. Um, please do. You have a, we, we. It's been helpful for us and for me because we're exposed to players that we just have not been exposed to before, which is fantastic. So please do keep doing that, and we will continue to cover that until the season is over. So, um, uh, I think that's we it. Also- you, you also have the ODP coming up. Here. Oh, I missed that. Yep, that was it. ODP
1: on September 25th. You have the three camps. There is the development camp that is in San Antonio at Dalma Heights Auditorium. You have the youth camp that is in Garland, and then you have the cadet camp that is at the uh, CFISD in Auditorium in Northwest Houston. So those camps are coming up on September 25th. I think there's still room available for for, for most of them. So please get up there and uh, and again, it's an opportunity to, to get better. You know, people ask me about camps and I go, well, if it doesn't conflict with your high school, your club, and you have the means, yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah, just definitely go for it. And, you know, the more the merrier, and it's going to be an opportunity to learn and get better. Obviously they do select teams from these camps for, for the ODP zone teams, but you know, that's not the main uh, priority. The main priority is is to learn and get better.
0: It's right in the name, development. That's, uh, the idea is to get people better. Absolutely right. Uh, Those are
1: coming up. And kind of one of the ODP coaches is Donzie Lilly. And he wears many, many hats. And we have the interview with him now.
0: Donzie Lilly, head coach of Mavericks and Hebron High School. And Joe Linehan, right now.
2: Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr. And when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo podcast.
1: Yeah, today for the TX Water Polo Podcast I- interview, we have Donzie Lilly from Hebron High School, Mavericks Water Polo, he's Aquatics Director at LISD Lake, Lake Eastside Aquatic Center. Donzie, how are you doing today?
2: Doing great. Uh, it's a nice Thursday afternoon, um, in the middle of high school season, just finished up Armadillo Classic. You know, it's, uh, it's a busy time of the year, but it's been a lot of fun. All right, within our little water polo world,
1: you wear a ton of a ton of water like of hats. Okay. So did I miss anything in there as far as kind of what um, you do? Or do no, you want to explain to everybody
2: a little bit more what you do? Kind of how my role is set up through the school district is I'm the head swim coach, the head water polo coach, assistant aquatics director, where I run the East Side Aquatic Center. Um, and I'm also the club director, head coach of Mavericks water polo. They do wear quite a few hats in the aquatics community.
1: And he also um, is on the ODP staff as well. As well, yes. So there you Doing go. So Doing
2: the girls development assistant
1: coach this year. Girls development is, You'll be coming down to San Antonio. Coming down to San Antonio. There you go. Um, so now, I mean, I, I know you've been involved in aquatics for a long, long time, but how did you get started in water polo?
2: So, I was a swimmer kind of by nature, swam in high school, planned to swim in college, got to college, decided I didn't want to swim anymore. And uh, I had a couple friends that started the SMU um, club water polo team. So, they said you should come try it out. So, I came, tried it out, and did that for about three years. And uh, that's where I met Angela Uno. When I came back to Hebron after I graduated from SMU, we added water polo as a way to bring a different caliber of athletes to the swim team to grow the swim team and have different um styled athletes than we were getting with just traditionally club swimmers. Um so we added there. From there, Angela connected me with you, Joe, um, and USA Water Polo to start a club team over at my side of town. And that's where kind of Mavericks was born. It started first as Titan to Lone Star, then to Mavericks. So Couple of name changes along the way, but we're here now as Mavericks Water Polo Club. Um, and, so I, and, right. I
1: had, and I had forgotten about the name changes.
2: You yeah, it's, okay. it's been a wild journey. It was, it was right before COVID. So we yeah. somehow made it through there with a lot of Zoom workouts and retained quite a few athletes and just kind of grown through that whole process.
1: Yes, the Zoom workouts in my backyard in North Texas. I remember that. I think I almost died. So there you go. <laughs> But, uh, but no, but I mean, I appreciate you've, you've just, you have dove kind of headfirst into the water pole world. Um, I mean, you're also a high school water pole coach. So, I mean, as a kind of a coach that's fairly new to the sport, what would you recommend to coaches out there that are also like, like high school water pole coaches that are also kind of, kind of new to the sport as far as the education piece, just kind of getting to know things?
2: I would say the biggest thing that kind of like helped me in my progression through my coaching career was observing practices from other clubs. So I went to ODP practices um, or the camps and just kind of watched how the the coaches conducted the drills, the dialect they were using to explain the movements in the water and what the goal the objective of the the skill was and how they structured the practice. I think that was kind of like the biggest thing I didn't understand coming into water polo from swim world was how do I structure my practice to get the most out of the time that I'm allotted um, so that my athletes prepared for games while they're developing skills and refining the ones that we've previously taught. Um, So I think that was the biggest thing was observing the practices. And once you're there at the practices, then you can start asking questions that you don't understand uh, to those coaches. Like once they're done with the practice or they're in kind of some breaks, I kind of just come with some questions and, you know, why would they do that specifically that way? Or what was the benefit of this drill? Um, and that kind of furthered my knowledge of water polo and coaching in general. Um, a lot of it was like I did kind of come in during that COVID era. We had the Coaches to Coaches and, and the Texas Water Polo Education Academy. was hosted through TX Water Polo. And those helped a lot where we had some big names from across Texas and across the country that come in and explain drills for about an hour session. And I had a lot of free time on my hands since we weren't allowed in the water. So I got to kind of go through some of those and go through some of the ODP videos on the USA Water Polo website. And I just kind of dove into it and absorbed as much knowledge as I could, asked a lot of questions along the way. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be in North Texas where I have coaches that have been doing this for a long time and I could bounce ideas off them or ask them, hey, I'm, having, I'm struggling with this in my practice or I'm struggling with this in the game. What do you do? What drills do you do as well to supplement that to help the athletes have a better experience uh, in water polo?
1: And, uh, and that's a big thing for all the new coaches out there. You know, yes, we are trying to, like teams, our teams are trying to beat each other in district play or or the non play. But I think most coaches out there are more than happy to share and help. This is, we are a small water polo community. We hope to get bigger and bigger and bigger, but you know, don't be afraid to ask questions, and I am a firm believer of: if you're a good teacher, if you're a good coach of swimming or of a different sport, you, you can be a good water polo coach. <clears throat> and uh, and just kind of just yeah, just keep it going out there. Just keep asking questions and keep learning, and it's going to it's going to come. It's going to come, because Donzie's come a long, long way, long way. I st- I, um, I, I I I still remember a specific conversation we had after the first game day where Don Z was like, he was upset that his team had lost. I'm like, well, it's not necessarily the purpose of it. And he didn't, he, he was still learning the bigger things. So, so that was when, that was what August of 2019.
2: August of 2019. Jeez. Okay. That's only three years ago. That really wasn't that long ago. Not that long ago. And funny enough, like, uh, Jake Fowdy on my team it was his first week of practice in that game day. And he had swam before, but had has been at football and came back to try water polo. And he was struggling getting up and down the pool. And I'm frustrated when you're like, he's new, give him some time. And now he gave him some time. He's a star player of my high school team and club team. And he made the ODP team last week, uh, last year. And so it's just, uh, it's patience a lot when you're new starting out
1: just yeah like and uh like you don't know what you don't know right and then you're just going to keep yeah. learning and just keep getting better just keep getting better so but like you are in the middle of your high school season for Hebron High School um how's the season coming
2: Seasons was came by quick so we started right after session three at JO right into tryout um and then we played our first tournament that the first weekend we were allowed to play we traveled down to Waco Um, kind of my goal there was to get the kids on a travel trip. A lot of them haven't played club or swam clubs, so they've never traveled to go and compete. So we kind of just went over two hour trip from Dallas to Waco, went over kind of the rules of travel trips, give them a little experience. The kids did fantastic. Um, midway high school hosted us down there and it was a good tournament. Um, and then we went right into hosting a tournament and that was, that was fun as well. I had a lot of playing, the ability to kind of get four games in instead of two that we traditionally got last year. So there was a lot more teams playing, a lot more teams. Um, and then we are now into district play and uh, our district is highly competitive. And so there are no nights off. I mean, as soon as we're done with a Tuesday night game, we're Wednesday at Friday, the next morning preparing for Friday. So it is pretty fast paced, very competitive, and it's been a lot of fun to coach so far.
1: Yes, yeah, so like like you mentioned, you have kids that don't play club water pool, that don't do club swimming. You also mentioned Jake Fialdi came over f- from football. Are you actively recruiting from other sports, just kind of, kind of outside the aquatics, just trying to bring people to the pool?
2: Uh, yes, I do every year. Um, I have good relationships with uh, our girls' volleyball coach over at Hebron. She runs a highly successful program, which draws a lot of girls wanting to play volleyball at Hebron. Unfortunately for her, she can't keep all of them. And so every year I ask her when she cuts everyone that I can get a list of that. And I reach out to those athletes. I firmly believe like in high school, every student should be involved in something and water polo has kind of allowed me to get those athletes that maybe didn't do as much prep work as some of the other athletes in club volleyball leading up to tryouts or was trying to struggling to find their place on a team. And since we don't cut right now, water polo, as we're growing, it was, easy for me to get athletes to come over and try a new sport so they could stay connected in athletics at Hebron.
1: Yeah, and has, and has water polo kind of helped your swim program grow as well?
2: Oh, absolutely. I think it was the first time Hebron's ever taken a relay to state on the girls' side was last year um, with, uh, I think one of those was a club water polo player. Um, we also took down seven records that have been there for 10 plus years. On the boys' side, they're all club water polo players that just they had to swim if they wanted to play water polo. It's kind of my role for the team. And they're taking down records left and right. So it is, uh, they've gone hand in hand as the water polo program on the high school side has grown. It has also challenged a lot of the club swimmers to compete at a higher level at our high school practice.
1: So, I mean, um, have, how, what have been the challenges from the spring season and the transition to the fall. So so what are the biggest challenges here for the first UIL season?
2: Uh, The biggest challenge was learning the team sport UIL rules. It's completely different from the swim UIL rules that I'm accustomed to, Um, kind of learning the difference between a calendar week and a school week and how you can set up tournaments and game days and limitations on games, Um, double rostering, stuff like that, that we've traditionally done in Cisco water polo. That isn't always allowed in UIL water polo. Um, so a lot of the new rules, and as well as like seven minute quarters, we traditionally played five minute quarters, so that we could fit as many games in as possible, giving everybody an opportunity to play. Now we're playing one game on, an, on a weeknight uh, for seven minute quarters with three timeouts and a thirty. And so the, the style plays a little bit different. The subbing's a little bit different. How you utilize the timeouts for strategy is different. So it's all good things. I think it's a little bit professionally done. There are set rules and standards and um, I enjoy, I've been enjoying the seven minute quarters as well.
1: Have the kids been enjoying them?
2: I think so. I think they, um, <laughs> it's not like when you go down big in the first and the game's over. I think a lot of times the five minute quarters, you can uh, pretty much hold on to a lead in the first and, and now it's, it's uh, a game of ebbs and flows. You can go down big in the first, go up big in the second. When well, Now we're a tight game back to where we were where we started. And I think the kids are enjoying the – the uh, not the brevity of how the five-minute quarters work.
1: So now, I mean, have there been some good atmospheres for some of your like Tuesday, Friday night games?
2: Oh, absolutely. We've had a huge support from our faculty at Hebron High School as well as the students coming out and supporting um, our stands are. Pretty big in size, and we've had some pretty packed stands on those nights. We've had some loud cheers, and we had a Marcus Girls game last week where I called a timeout, and I couldn't even tell the girls to play. It was so loud in the entire <laughs> pool, which is it's tough for me in that moment. But it's exciting that water polo has become that uh, exciting of a sport on the state stage. Well, that's a
1: lot better than you know just a random game on a Saturday during a big tournament too. So. Exactly. And so, but um, and that's why like, I mean it's the Tuesday night lights and the Friday night lights for water polo now. So, um, <clears throat> so what are the expectations f- for your team for the rest of the season, boys girls? Uh,
2: we're looking to make the playoffs, and we were in a very tough district on both sides. Um, some powerhouses, and you know Flower Mound girls and Southlake girls have been historic programs that are leading the way into Texas, as well as like the Marcus boys are looking very very strong. Um, and so, top four makes moves on to postseason. Um, so the girls are in a, a decent position since there's only five teams. Uh, the boys have to make some big strides if they want to make it to that next round. So the uh, the goal is postseason this year, and uh, it's still, and we've not been uh, eliminated yet. So it is uh, it's exciting to kind of see how these next two weeks unfold.
1: So, I mean, just talking to the different coaches up there, and, of course, athletes a little bit, but so what are your thoughts on the new – on the, it's the new playoff structure. It's just the same playoff structure they use for volleyball and the other sports and stuff like this, but it's new for water polo, where it's just – it's going to be – you have to win seven games to win the state championship. You know, so, I mean, just your overall thoughts on that whole structure.
2: Um, I understand why they use that structure, but I do prefer how Tisco water polo handled it where we had four from each region representing into a, a tournament where you could cross over with different regions where multiple teams from the same region could be ending up in the final. Um, I think that makes for the best state championship game. Um, but I understand the uh, kind of the winner go home does make it more of the 10th games in the earlier rounds. Um, but we could see a situation where uh, the two best teams meet up way earlier than the championship game for the state final.
1: And that happens in all the different sports now too. So exactly, <laughs> and, uh, it, and, and it's and it's going to change for from year to year. But I mean, it's it is the system that we are operating now. So, but um, it's going to be it's going to have some. <laughs> if you think it was a good game for your district game on a Tuesday night uh, uh, last week, just imagine for that Tuesday night or that Friday night playoff game. So,
2: and I think uh, to settle ties is going to be like big playoff games before you even get into that postseason tournament. And uh, there's situations, especially on our boys' side, that they could end up with a three-way tie um, for third and fourth place. And those games would probably be packed houses as their local games for them to make the postseason. I think that will be exciting once we get to that point in the season. Um, but it's definitely going to lead to a lot of heartbreak if a lot of teams aren't going to make it to that, you know, trip to state.
1: Yeah. So you definitely are in a tough district. And for those that don't know, his district includes like Dallas Jesuit, uh, Southlake Flower Mound, Marcus. Um, I mean, am I leaving? And yeah. Yeah. And Keller. Um, so it's a pretty tough district. Um, I mean, you mentioned Flower Mound and Southlake girls and the Marcus boys who also strong on the girls' side up in North Texas,
2: uh, Highland Park girls. Um, they have some very talented players and. just first year program with Chris Cohen leading the way on that one they've done a really really good job and I know the Geyer girls out of district one they've found a lot of success in district one and so they have a strong program with Roman Doyle leading the way over there Um, but there's no easy games in our girls and killer girls played us pretty close on Tuesday and and Marcus girls are also a very talented team Um, there's a lot of talent up in north Texas and coaches have done a very, very good job of preparing their teams for the district play.
1: And what about on the boys' side? A lot of the same schools?
2: Uh, So, I mean, the boys' side is much more closer at the um, district level where we have a lot of um, I'll beat this team, this team will beat the other team, like three-way tie kind of situation. Um, Marcus' boys are looking pretty good as the season's gone on. And I know the Highland Park boys are also very talented. the South Lake Boys also have a ton of talent on those teams, so there's some some big powerhouses in this North Texas region.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of the region one up there. So, and, and I mean, then there's some Houston teams up there too, so or that are in region one. So, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun up and down the line. Now, I mean, <clears throat> earlier you were mentioning how you've been hosting a little bit and how fun it was, and I think fun was in like quotes, right? So. <clears throat> Although, you know, a year ago, you know, you did the Armadillo Classic and it sounds great, but you just, you just finished hosting the Armadillo Classic this past weekend. How was it? This is a club tournament for those that don't know.
2: Um, It went, it went good. It was, um, it's a different kind of change of pace from hosting a high school tournament. When you have the club tournament, all the coaches there, or most of the coaches there are seasoned. They know what they're doing. They come in, they are ready to go, game sheets and everything and. So it goes smooth. It's, it's just a lot to set up in the middle of high school season. But I said they're a lot of fun. It is, it's not as much work. It just seems like a lot of work once you get started on it. And once the tournament's gone, get started, pretty much all the hard work is done. And um, we had 25 teams in North Texas for eighth grade and under and sixth, sixth grade and under. Um, so that's kind of awesome to see the growth of water polo. We're having a tournament of that size just at the middle school level.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, and kind of sometimes the hardest thing is just keeping games on time for those type of tournaments. Yes, I did see Donji just just a little side come into the hospitality area and hurry and hurry some people up. Listen, let's go. We got to be on time. So, um, although you know people like to use their timeouts and all that good stuff sometimes too. So, but um, you're also doing. We also briefly mentioned the ODP. You're an ODP coach. That yeah, like the first camps coming up. Do, do you want to say stuff about the ODP program?
2: Um, I think the ODP, last year was my first year to do ODP and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a great process for me as a coach. I learned a lot as well as I think the athletes learned a lot. The camps are very well ran in the practice format and you get a lot of coaches out there from different regions. Um, There's no like secret to water polo. We're all teaching the same thing, but hearing it a different way than what your club, your home club coach is saying it just might help that skill, or concept click with you. Um, and so I highly recommend the athletes go out to the ODP and try the camp. Um, from there, you could get selected to go on to the regional tournament. And fortunately for us this year, the regional tournament will be hosted in Dallas. So that's um, a good privilege for the Dallas clubs to be able to host and for our athletes to be able to go um, to see the competition from around the country. Um, it was a very Experience when we went to Utah, and I'm super excited for this year in Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think that's, a, and I don't know if we really made an announcement. I think we have made an announcement on that. Yeah, so the the super regional they're calling is going to be on on the Martin Luther King weekend in January up in North Texas at Garland, SMU, Highland Park, Jesuit, and Eastside. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. That's going to be teams from every, like all zones outside of California are coming to North Texas to play. So that'll be the ODP kind of kind of super regional. Well, Donzi, thank you so much for for making the time. Good luck at your game tomorrow. I'll be looking at your results for the rest of the season. Thank you so much.
0: That was Joe and Donzi Lilly, head coach of Mavericks Water Polo. It's it's a Texas Mavericks, I think. Yeah, because there's a Mavericks from Philly. That I continually, we we, we played against him at JO's, and it's always a little bit mystifying. It's like, well, we're playing Mavericks. Well,
1: there's yeah. also the Orlando Thunder.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that was him. Not, that was Donzie. Go. Sorry, go ahead. And not everybody can be Longhorn, which is pretty Texas. You're gosh darn
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, there. And I mean, there might be a different Pegasus out there. I mean, oh, there was. I think Viper Pigeon
0: is pretty unique too. It's a, there's, you know, yeah, no other Viper Pigeon. I'm sure that there's a Pegasus, or there was briefly in Oklahoma, even. So I don't know.
1: So like you know, there's, there's some, there's some different, uh, there's some different, there's some very unique club names here. in Texas. Like Almo Area is probably kind of, kind of unique too. Yes.
0: I love talking to Tom Andrew about how. Uh, the the protection of that longhorn logo is just amazing. it's like it's like trying to copy Coca-Cola or something like that. You are not going to be successful trying to copy that logo I'll tell you that that's a very very cool thing. Um, okay that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo podcast and the Total Water polo podcast. Until next week so long from Austin.
1: Yeah thanks Jim
2: Production of TWP Sports, LLC.